Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. On August 9th, 1974, Vice President Gerald Ford ascended a small stage at the White House and raised his right hand. Mr. Vice President, are you prepared to take the oath of office as President of the United States? I am, sir. If you will raise your right hand and repeat after me. Ford was taking over the presidency from Richard Nixon, who resigned in disgrace over the Watergate scandal and everything that followed. Even with Ford taking over two years after the scandal began, the weight of the incident remained a burden on the White House and on a country trying to move on. And then... Just a month after taking office, controversy erupted again when Ford employed one of the most powerful functions of presidential power, a decision that would haunt the rest of his political life. There are no historic or legal precedents to which I can turn in this matter. He pardoned Nixon. My conscience tells me that only I, as president, have the constitutional power to firmly shut and seal this book. My conscience tells me it is my duty not merely to proclaim domestic tranquility, but to use every means that I have to ensure it. Ford had deliberated with his top aides in secret for days, and the reaction to his decision was swift. The New York Times reported the next day that the White House switchboard was jammed with angry calls, heavy and constant. Ford's approval ratings took a dive. Even his own press secretary resigned in protest. The decision probably doomed his chances of a re-election in 1976. Ford told the Post, There is a group of bitter people who never forgave me and probably voted against me, and the net result is that they probably helped that I didn't win. Critics saw the pardon as forgiving Nixon's behavior, or worse, a meeting between Ford and Nixon's chief of staff, Alexander Haig, in the weeks leading up to the resignation created suspicion. Some thought that Ford had struck a deal to pardon Nixon in exchange for becoming president once Nixon was gone. The New York Times recounted the encounter after Ford's death, writing that Mr. Hay told Mr. Ford that White House tapes would soon prove Nixon's role in the Watergate cover-up and outlined several possibilities for Nixon's departure. He handed Mr. Ford two pieces of paper, a description of the presidential power to pardon and a blank pardon form. Mr. Ford later said he had given no definitive answer. But when he described the meeting to his aides, they were alarmed at the implication that Nixon, through Mr. Haig, might be offering Mr. Ford the presidency in return for a pardon. The two always denied the pardon was part of a quid pro quo. Ford maintained that his decision stemmed from a desire to shield the country from further harm. In fact, Ford testified before Congress about the pardon, in part to have his reasoning on the record. And in doing so, he became the first sitting president ever to deliver sworn testimony. 
When Ford died in 2006, the pardon and its consequences still hadn't faded. But history may have finally agreed with the 38th president's version of events. In an interview late in life with Washington Post reporter Bob Woodward, who unraveled the Watergate scandal with Carl Bernstein, Ford explained his true reasoning for pardoning Nixon. The economy was in trouble. The nation was still engaged in the Cold War, and the United States could not afford to be swept up in criminal trials over Watergate. For years, Woodward was suspicious of the pardon. But Ford convinced him, he later said, that the pardon was an act of courage rather than the final corruption of Watergate. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Kayla Epstein for reporting the story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.